Hey there, this is Terry Cowley, weekday breakfast presenter on 1FM Shepparton. Thanks for checking out this podcast. It was recorded live as part of The Brecky Show, which you can catch 6 to 9am Monday to Friday. Now, Bethel Tuna is the co-founder of The Point of Difference Studio. It creates a safe space for youth of different backgrounds. They are concerned that they may have to close their doors due to a lack of funding. To tell us all about it, Batul joins me on the line now. Good morning, Batul. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for your time this morning. I'm really disappointed to hear of the funding problems that you're having. Can you let our listeners know what the Point of Different Studio does the Point of Difference Studio, it's, um, it's a service that does a few things, but predominantly, I guess, what we do is we help families and young people in particular um, navigate systems, um, help them with settling, and in particular, we work closely with the seasonal workers that come on various schemes. Um, and then we've got a lot of community initiatives like licensing programs for new arrivals, helping them... Um, it's like an out to peas program, I guess. Um, and then the Know Your Bridge program is the core of the work, which is um, we're in the schools uh, where students, it's a part of the curriculum program. Um, so students receive um, education around uh, the Pacific Islands in particular right now. Um, and then they get to present uh, all of their work, I guess, at the end of the year at a, the festival that's happening this weekend. We do a lot of things, Terry, but yeah. mostly it's advocacy. Yeah, look, um, I mean, given that you're you're linked into all of these programs, you're presenting all these great programs, how is it that you can possibly find yourself with um, funding, uh, without funding? I believe you were promised some funding and then it wasn't forthcoming. Yeah, during COVID and the floods in particular, both of those times we, we demonstrated a lot of um, hard work with the migrant communities. Uh, we worked closely with a lot of the mainstream orgs as well, but one thing we found that we just couldn't get the needs of communities met. So we created systems um, from the during COVID, and from that we implemented it during the floods. Uh, and we definitely um, showed all the funding bodies how our work is very impactful on communities because the groups that we work with in particular don't fall into the um, category to receive help from state or federal funding when something like that happens. So, um, you know, the people on temporary visas or that don't have visas, for example, they weren't eligible for any of the funds that was available to us. So then we provided them support. And, and they are the um, uh, the backbone of Shepherd and too. They, these are the people that are picking fruit um, that comes to our tables that, you know, makes Shepherd and according to, um, you know, our politicians, the fruit bowl of Australia. So... We've taken care of them during COVID and the floods, and the work did not get recognised. Um, before the floods, we were in Marupna, and that office space that we had there was quite affordable for us to not rely on government funding. Uh, then during the floods, it got damaged, and we didn't have the um, resources. And, and we had we've outgrown the space as well. That was quite... You, I think you've been there, Terry, I'm not sure, but it was quite a small space. Uh, but it was getting the job done, I guess. Uh, and then after the floods, we moved out. We were, during the floods while working, we were promised um, a pilot program to trial a pilot program by officials that were on the ground with us. 
through senior, um, you know, DEPSEC from Melbourne that came down and saw the work. And that we relied on that when we moved to the Benalla Road space that we've got now, the warehouse that we've got now, which obviously the um, costs there are a lot higher than what we had prior to the floods. Uh, and now we're stuck in this place of we don't know what to do, I guess, because we can't afford to continue running it. It's been a year now. Um, and during the last budget, we just didn't receive what we were promised. And we're not sure why. We've actually never been offered an explanation as to why. So this is um, state government funding? Yeah. Yep. Mm, that must be very disappointing given that you've planned, you know, the, the future direction based on that. And I'm sure that you have, you know, put in many requests. But there there must be local organisations that can help you. I'm sure I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm sure, you know, things like the Greater Shepherd and Foundation, all those sorts of local organisations, I'm sure you've approached them all. Yeah, we've, um, over the years, they've always come through for small funds, as in, you know, whether it's contributions to um, festival um, or, yeah, small amounts of money that has seen us through with events that we are delivering at the time. But we actually haven't received um, a type of funding or, you know, donations that would help sustain the organisational running costs. Yeah, you don't need just a, a piecemeal funding. You need something to you know, more sort of systemic to keep you going? Yeah, I mean, the the space caters for, like, on average, through the doors, we have around at least 100 to 150 people walk through, which our, our groups are people that most government bodies will complain that they can't access. Um, so who are accessing is quite significant to the well-being of the region. Uh, and it just doesn't make sense. No. And do, do you mean per day? That's how many you're having per day? Oh, weekly. Right weekly. now it looks like that per day just because of the festival preparations and all the students that are coming in after school. Well, tell me about the festival preparations and what is happening tomorrow. Well, um, you, you know Melissa as well. She started the KYR program um, seven years ago. COVID, it took a bit of a pause. Um, so this is a fifth festival. Um, and the, it's, it's just an opportunity for the Pacifica community to get together and showcase um, their culture, um, traditions, music. It, it's solely run by um, the Pacifica community as well. It's quite a big festival. I, I think it's one of Shepparton's um, best festivals, to be honest, and I'm not trying to be biased here, but the vibes and energy is always something that we look forward to. Um, and, yeah, it, it's run by women of colour. I mean, that's a significant part of the festival, if you ask me. Uh, and, yeah, we get people from all around, not just Australia, but um, from other parts of the world that come to the festival. It is a big festival, and it's, even that alone, actually, I'm going to be really honest, doesn't receive the support that it probably should. So this is the government. Pacifica Festival happening tomorrow at Kids Town. Do you know uh, the hours that it will be on? 3 p.m. onwards. Okay, so it's sort um, of a, an early time, evening yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. so that, that is good to highlight that just because that is obviously one of the things that you're 
you know your point of difference studio is heavily involved in but but only one of the things it was interesting what you said about us being you know often a lot of talk about us being the fruit bowl one of the fruit food bowls of australia but you think it's the people behind that our multicultural community that should be emphasized more than i guess the ag- agricultural produce as it is sometimes well without the community there's no produce the, the the sector relies on um, migrant workers. That that's that's fact. So with the various specific schemes that the federal government has got in place, it, during COVID we saw the impact of not having access to those workers, um, and they are the backbone to this whole region sector that it promotes the most. So yeah, where it's beyond that. And back you know years before this, it was people like our parents that arrived. Um, and continued that work, that began with that work as well. So it has always relied on migrant workers to deliver the um, produce uh, for the sector. And um, unfortunately, it tends to be the ones on the ground at that, you know, what we call like that grassroots level of labour that are suffering the most when something dramatic happens in the community, like a flood or during the COVID pandemic. Like... Um, the seasonal workers were probably impacted the most but have been spoken about the least as well. Because remember, Terry, their visas and that depend on how many hours they work a week. And at the time, having a coalition government and a state Labor government, um, there was no proper communication between the two levels of government, which meant that federal laws um, weren't were applicable to the people with visa conditions, but state laws and state um, implementations weren't applicable to them because they didn't fall into that category. So that massive um, disconnect between the two levels of government caused a lot of hardships and trauma for people from migrant communities. Yeah, I have had some experience of visa difficulties with a family friend recently, and I'm just amazed how difficult it is to navigate the system and how restricted people are in what they can do under different visas. So I'm sure you're providing an incredibly important service there in just linking people into, you know, what they what they should be entitled to. Yeah. Um, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, another thing is people that have got visas that are engaging in systems like whether, I mean, one of our most common um, cases, regular scenarios was people that were during COVID that couldn't leave the borders because borders were closed down. Um, and, and eventually with time, they um, had pregnancies and gave birth. And due to the lack of accommodation appropriate for the state government for a baby to be in, um, and then working restrictions and not being able to access, um, you know, maternity leave payments, etc., um, created a lot of hardship for a lot of women that had given birth. And the pod went as far as um, safely returning women home that had experienced family violence to implement safety precautions in their home country. So me and my colleague actually have been to other countries to implement safety precautions because the perpetrators are also from those countries, whereas the state law put them under protection visas and, um, sorry, protection orders for family violence here while in Victoria, but there was no services or financial support for these women. So at the end of the day, they did have to return. And because of their visa conditions and no longer being able to work, their visas had actually expired. So, uh, but there was nothing in place. 
yeah, there was nothing in place to protect them when they went home. So we actually took them home and implemented um, safety precautions with their governments as best as we could, and, and we still have links with them to make sure that they are safe. Well, that's just one example of the many good things you do, and I think it would be a great shame if the Point of Difference studio did have to close, as you are fearing. What, if somebody's listening to this and they think they can help in some way, uh, what's the best way to get in touch? Um, email and phone calls directly, because we all do work our normal nine to fives. We're not always there anymore, um, but we, we definitely um, are constantly in and out, but we're not consistently there. We don't have admin staff either, so we, we actually have zero staff. So um, our doors aren't consistently open the way we would like to see it. Um, but, yeah, phone call, Terry, um, and email is probably the best. The website, our social media pages, we've got our contact details. So if they just Google, Google yep. Point of Difference yep. Studio uh, Shepparton, um, that should come up? Yep. And yep. is there a particular phone number or email you'd like to highlight? Um, yeah, you, you can do the tool at pointofdifference.org.au, um, so B-E-T-U-L at pointofdifference.org.au. That's directly to me. Um, a phone number, probably shouldn't give it on the radio, but let's give it anyway, 0431. Zero one two eight double one um, is probably that's a direct contact to me as well. As, um, anyone feels that they um, can support in any way. Well, I've got that number for Bethel. If anyone wants to call in, if they can't write it down right now, let's see what we can do um, about that getting behind this great community initiative and keep in touch and we'll see how you go and hopefully it doesn't come to having to close the doors because I know there'd be in particular very many young people who um, who will miss out as a result. Thanks for your time this morning, Betul. Good luck with it. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. We're speaking to Betul Tuna. She's the co-founder of the Point of Difference Studio. I really do hope that they continue can continue the great work that they do. This station, FM 98.5, subscribes to the Broadcasting Community Code of Practice. The Code of Practice is a set of agreed standards that have been developed by community radio stations across Australia. They reflect the unique principles of community broadcasting and guide stations in a whole range of activities, including complaints handling and Australian music content. If you'd like a copy of the code, please contact us during business hours and we will mail a copy to you. Having trouble with your internet? Has the NBN failed you? Are you only able to get the slow satellite NBN with very limited data? Are you not able to get the NBN at all? Starlink is the answer. This is a standalone internet system that I personally use at home and have tested at speeds of over 250 megabytes a second. If you are fed up with slow, unreliable internet, then call us now and book a service call to see if Starlink is right for you. Jason's TV, 0403 688 1FM sponsor. You know the garden could do with a makeover, so what are you waiting for? Cleves Garden Supplies have got everything you need to get the job done and they're open seven days a week. Coloured mulches, decorative pebbles, river stones, crushed rocks, sands, gravel, sleepers, topsoils, pavers, you name it, they've got it. They'll deliver small loads and big loads straight to your door. Drop in and see them at 20 Wanganui Road, Shepparton or give them a call. 58212 That's 58212 111. 1FM sponsor. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.